have two good friends of the show joining us, Mike Mostert and Tony Cavino from In Theory. They've got an excellent new single out since we last spoke to these guys in June. And we're going to learn all about this new single from In Theory. How you doing, Mike? How you doing, Tony? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, bro? Doing good, Ralph. Ah, very good. Very good. Even better now that I'm talking to you guys. There you go. Good place to be. Are you sure about that? Because, you know, when I talk to Tony, I get a little kind of depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he and I had a very nice conversation yesterday. So, yes, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, so your new new single that just came out uh, last week um, is called Heroes. Um, played it on the show last Sunday, and I did actually get somebody to give me feedback. Um, I got a great email about it. People, that person loved the song. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that kind of feedback coming in because it's hard to get people awesome. to respond and give you their opinion. But uh, very strong opinion yeah. on the song. It's killer. Great. I think I've told both of you guys that I think you took it to another level from the previous tracks. Um, I, I didn't think it could get much better than Can't Find My Way and She's Gone, but I think it has with this song. Um, nice. Really amazing performance from, from all of you. Um, so tell us about the track. Okay. You want to, you want to start first, Tony? You want to, you want, how you want to do this? Uh, it doesn't matter. You can could, you could lead. I'll follow. Go ahead. So, you know, I, I call this in a lot of ways, you know, the, well, there's, there's so many factors to this song. So I think the, um, being, being, you know, the pandemic actually helped, helped us, uh, in this, in this process, um, because see, the original plan was, you know, Petroleum to come down to, to Muscle Shoals. We were going to try to do like an old school, like recording, have everybody in the room, you put the baffles up, you get the feet, you know, you're, you're feeding off each other live. And you know, try to do like spontaneous, like like an old like Zeppelin record, or you know, anybody from the era it could be anybody like Aretha, it could be you know anybody really from the era. I mean, they were all recording. They weren't really doing Beatles. They weren't really doing the overdubs as much. They were playing live in a room. Right. And because of the pandemic, obviously, uh, it made traveling you know a little bit a little bit more challenging. So. Um, and, and on top of that, the studios had all closed. So I went into this, you know, I call I, I call it the, the like, you know a Renaissance type of um, you know era where I just I mean, Rob, I just wanted to learn everything I could about guitar and technique and uh, and you name it. I just immersed myself in playing like you know ten twelve hours every single day and just wow. uh, it, it didn't matter what style. Anything I thought was interesting um, from a guitar standpoint, even from a songwriting standpoint, a producer standpoint, I just really want to be the best version of what, what I thought my role was going to be as you know, as a writer, guitarist, and, and producer on this thing. Mm-hmm. And and I had something like, I have like 60 pages of songs. And, um, you know, so that's, that's how I, I started getting, you know, all the ideas together. Right. I probably when I thought I had enough ideas, I started throwing them by Tony, and Tony would go you know back and forth, and we just start working on songs, um, you know, via Zoom or via you know, via our, our very uh, primitive you know iPhone type of writing. Sure. And um, you know, and we would just start going back and forth. You know, we like this, we don't like this, and um, you know, and I started putting it together, and then um, 
and until you start doing the lyrics and as you were saying earlier you know um i felt that like uh, like good was no longer an option like i want us to be great i want us to be like a contender like you know i want someone to put on our song and say wow these guys are great you know these guys are you know not that we sound like zeppelin but you know i'm saying that but they're you know this is a great sounding band if that makes sense yeah and and i want to achieve that and then the other thing i want to really um achieve with these songs was um i didn't want to sound um you know from like like from a different era if that makes sense you know i want to incorporate all the influences um so you know in, in my life like you know cause i do like blues and i do like sound garden and i do like r&b and, and i you know and i love like you know nine inch nails to rage against which it doesn't i love like all music you know from right so what i was trying to do was try to incorporate these influences and do it in a way where it wasn't out of the box you know so when you hear it like we're getting a lot of uh, comparisons it's almost like yeah you sound like a swampy sound garden meets zeppelin and you have a little muscle shoals r&b and then they're so people can't really define it. They they they're hearing these influences, but it seems like it, it like I, I call it like almost like a good recipe. Like mm-hmm. we added, you know, you know, uh, you know, one pound salt and two pounds pepper and X amount of paprika or whatever, you know, two pounds of you know uh, chicken, and, and and I try to make the the right blend of of everything from a producer standpoint, a writing standpoint. And and vocally, you know, with, with Tony and 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 even like I said, I mean, there were times. I think like Tony and I, I always make a joke that I mean, I thought he was going to honestly choke me many times. Um, <laughs> Reach right through the computer know. screen. Oh, absolutely! I mean, that, that, and and I know we're bros, but there was sometimes he was giving me looks through Zoom where I'm like, uh, okay, I, I think it's time to call you back. And um, I also, like I said, but I I also was pushing him for several reasons because I do think Tony is great. I do think Tony deserves to be, you know, seen as one of the great vocalists. I agree. And I, and I knew what I was, and I knew as a producer and working with it for such a long time, I know his nuances and I know like his strengths and his weaknesses. I think even more so than him. And I was trying to bring out everything that I thought, you know, that, that I could out of Tony. And of course he had to, do, you know, and I make it sound easier like, Oh yeah, I had Tony do it, but he had, he had to do all the hard work. You know, <laughs> um, I, I had a lot, I had a lot of suggestions, you know, but he had to, I mean, I, and I think honestly, that's why I think Tony was elevated to such a high level on this because if he would have just came down the regular way where it's okay, we rehearse for a week or two and come down and, and do the tracks. It, I, I don't think he would have been at that level. The fact that we had four or five months where we got to go through line by line and, and really dissect everything, and you know, I mean, and I'm sure Tony wants to talk about, but um, you know, there's there's some takes where, where you know we, we did some songs 200 times just to get it, you know, and not it wasn't because of um, of um, you know like bad performance or or anything like that. It was just because we were we were trying to capture in a feel or an emotion. And, and and I think the fact that Tony was singing at such a high level, and when I'm saying he, you know, doing a song like an album, 200 times per per song at least, mm-hmm. I think Correct. that was building these these chops over time. And you know, like like I, I could create it to almost like lifting weights. You know, like if you lift weights for two weeks, 
yeah, you get like a little pump after two weeks. But if you're, you know, lifting every single day, every single day, well, you know, on the you know, six month in, you look back and like, oh my God, like, yeah, um, I've seen a result now. And I think that's what happened with Tony, where I think he went from like excellent to like one of the best, you know, I mean, you know, maybe I'm, I'm biased, but I, I really think that he's, he's definitely, I think if someone hears a track and they don't think he's one of the best singers in rock right now, I, I, I don't know what they're listening to. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I mean, when I the first time I heard this, when you sent me the song, I was like, holy cow. And then I had to go back and listen to the other two again because it had been a little while. And I'm like, yeah, he, he's off the charts here. <laughs> so I agree with you. You, can't, yeah. you know yeah. it right away. You hear it immediately. Just the way the song starts out and then how it built. Yeah, it's just amazing. Tony, yeah, and I think Tony said, I think Tony sets the tone right away from the very first note that he sings. It's like, yes, no mistaken. Like, I feel like Tony put down his his Tony Cavino, I'm here, like I'm here, great singer flag, boom, let me kick your ass, done, right? You know? <laughs> um, and and he does it from the first note on, and you know, and and there's no turning back, you know, and it's, and it's a roller, and I think this musically it becomes a roller coaster for the listener because. Obviously, he's establishing, yeah, we're we're over the top, but but there's also a lot of nuances where we're bringing in, you know, Steve Steve Wonder's choir and you know and and the keyboards doing a Hammond like you know almost very like deep purple, but the keyboards he's sold about 400 million records and he's a legend in Muscle Shoals. Mm-hmm. So the fact he was able to keep one foot really old school and we've had one foot new school, you know, and there's parts of the song where you know where um, I think we're saying where are you the one who goes mm-hmm. on that we actually drop the live drums out where we actually bring in like techno drums and I'm doing Tom Morello octaves on this whammy pedal and we add the Stevie Wonder choir on it with Tony Soundgarden vocals like it's not supposed to match but <laughs> it, it goes and it builds and yeah I feel like I want to take you know not too much different than like the, than the Gogo record that I want to take on the journey but the fact that we were able to take somebody on a journey within one song, mm-hmm. within the song itself, without going out of the box. And, and I think we were able to, to do that. Yeah, I agree. And, and it was quite a journey, and only four minutes to do all of that. And I, <laughs> I, I agree, too. I, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think all those things mixed into, you know, like we created our own, you know, our own thing, our own sound, I, I call it. Um, you know, it's like all those things in one, um, but we were also, you know, Mike plays a certain way and I sing a certain way and, and we were, we were able to push each other and, and really, uh, you know, like the, the, the product is great songs, but it's also a great sound. Um, like every, I believe every, every good band has their, has their sound. And, um, I think, I think, uh, we, we, we just started to, uh, get our sound down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you yeah, know, and, and making everything work as as a unit. Yeah, I I, I think so too. And, and, you know, and I thought about when I as I've listened to the song several times now. I thought about the way it was described. You know, about a mixture of Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, um, Led Zeppelin, all that. And I think you guys are right. I mean, you hear it's like you said, Mike. You hear the influences, but you guys do have your own sound, and it is a great right. sound for sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like sometimes you really can't pinpoint it. Like 
you know, a lot, a lot of times we're getting the descriptions like there's like a southern thing to it, and not like southern rock, but almost like if you're down like in Louisiana or uh, Muscle Shoals or that, you know, there's you know, it's what they call like a swampy sound, not a southern rock sound. Right. And there's a swampiness to it, so it's not really a blues thing. It's not a southern rock, but you you're hearing that through the entire song while the guitar is doing this heavy. <laughs> Heavy riff and Tony's just killing it on top, and I think that's part of what's creating the sound. Is you know that, and and I think some of it was very conscious, and some of it we can't figure out why it's coming out that way. You know, <laughs> right. um, I I don't know. You know, I, I I don't know why it's it's not like hey we want to sound like this or we want to sound like that. This is just the stuff that I'm writing. And it's coming out that way. And if we like the riff, then we move further with it. If we don't like the riff, the riff just you know dies on the page for right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and what made you? I mean, this song, you know, uh, about heroes. I mean, what what were you thinking about? What made you write this song? Um. Well, he- heroes is actually an anti-hero song. So it's you know because the lyrics are who are your heroes. Do right. they are, lie? Are they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering. And, like, what were you guys thinking that you, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, my take um, from my cousin's my take was a, a, like a macro picture of just everything that's going on. Just, you know, people looking up to other people that, you know, whether, you know, some are good and some are fakes, you know, and, uh, you know, it could be an athlete, could be an actor, could be a politician, could be anything. Right. And the good thing about the song is that it means something to everyone differently. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not pinpointing things. I'm just saying, well, who are you heroes? Right. Do they lie? And maybe they don't. I don't know. But, you know, it's just, uh, I just think that now, you know, things are fabricated a little bit more, you know, than, mm-hmm. than what a true hero should be. Maybe, you know, maybe, uh, but, you know, that's really up to people to decide. And that's, it's sort of like a, an anti-hero look at you know questioning that whole that whole thing gotcha gotcha yeah because i know you leave it open-ended but that's that's why i was so intrigued like you know did you guys have something in mind particularly that you know caused you to write those kind of lyrics or um because yeah i I think just i just think that everything that is going around going on in the world is affecting it i think if you if you watch you you watch the news for an hour I think I think it, it definitely would be an influence, um, you know, to to, the, to that song. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you watch anything, you watch CNN or Fox or, or even the local news. You know, like again, like these leaders who who people are idolizing. You know, are, that's why I, you know, we have in there who did lie and will we survive? You know, because there is there is so much craziness in the world and these. Well, people are looking up to these people to, in a way, save save us, you know, whatever through the pandemic or financially or or, or whatever's going on in your life, you know, and um, yeah. So I think it, it's, it's all that, and then I think on top of that, um, you know, I, I mean, my other twist on it was also like like Tony's talking about the fabrication of say like the reality stars and that you know people people are turning these people into right. role models and. You know, and really, the their claim to fame is their reality star. 
But you know, right. they're they're heroes to people to a lot of people, and um, you know, and then so I, I think for me also it, it's I look at it as just you know, take a look within of you know of, of who who you idolize and who's influencing you, and you know, a lot of times I think if you look inside, you your hero could just be simply yourself, you know, and you know you don't have to look to these false idols to to inspire you. While, mm-hmm. while it's already inside you. Right. I like that way of thinking. Yeah. Every once in a while I get it right, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got great heroes uh, with your parents having a 61-year marriage. That's amazing. That's, yeah, that's good they're, heroes. They are, they are the most amazing people on the planet. And uh, well, Tony knows them quite well as well. And, um, but yeah, they, I mean, they are, they are the epitome of, I call like, you know, what the perfect couple or epitome of love. And, and it's not just because they're my parents, they're, they're the type of person, Ralph, where honestly, it, anybody who meets them for a half hour, like it, it transforms their life. I mean, uh, I mean, it, it really, it, it, it really transform your life that they are like the most loving couple, even though their life has not been easy you know and um you know i mean that's could be you know i I can pull you really quick but basically you know they they both grew up in in concentration camps my dad had to grow up you know eating grasshoppers and you know you know my 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 grandfather my uncles my aunts i mean there's like a whole story of you know of uh you know being raped by the you know japanese army being thrown in internment i mean it goes on and on Mm -hmm. they 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 get back from the you know uh, for World War II, and they get back to they think they get back to their properties and their family, and the country that they're from decided that you know what now we're going to have a revolution against the mainland, and now they start massacring anybody with that blood in their in in, in their DNA. So if you're full blooded, in this case Dutch or or Dutch Indo, think about that. You're you're in camps for five six years. You're going home. And now your neighbor wants to massacre you because you're your your ancestry. Mm-hmm. So they had to escape again to another camp and they were protected by the British army until they could flee to to Holland. And then when they got to Holland, um Eisenhower actually um approved the um the Refugee Act and my parents were able to come to America and here's my dad didn't you know, my mother didn't speak a lick of English. They worked six jobs, you know, and and we're able to, you know, raise three kids, live the American dream. And, um, you know, my dad became, you know, a master craftsman at what he does. And, and no matter how difficult it was, they were always very positive. And I know it was not easy for him. And yeah. then my dad just, and my dad was old school. He was Pan Am, you know, and, you know, that one generation ago and two generations ago, if you're, the whole thing is you work for a company for your life and then you get your pension and, that's, you know, you stick with it for life. And sure enough, at, um, when the regulation came through, when, you know, Reagan approved regulation or deregulation of the airlines, then Pan Am, the world's biggest airline, went under. Right. And my dad was left, my dad was left without a job. At like 56, so he had to start all over. Mm-hmm. And he was fortunate out of, I think it was 100,000 employees, 3,000 got picked for Delta. Then he went to, to Delta in, in, in Atlanta. He was very fortunate. And then a year after being in, at, uh, in Delta, then my brother gets killed. 
two years later, my mother gets colon cancer. And, you know, it's like all these things. But, you know, right. even through all this, they are the most positive person. They, they wouldn't even bother you. And like Tony knows this firsthand. And I always use this to exaggerate a, a point. Like, say, if I, Ralph, like if I brought you to their house for the first time and their house was on fire, their roof was on fire. They would still be worrying about, oh, does Ralph have enough to eat? Is, is Ralph being taken care of? <laughs> they wouldn't, they, honestly, they wouldn't even bother you about the roof. And God forbid, if you could volunteer to help them, like, hey, you want me to put the, the fire on the roof? They're like, no, 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 you sit here, you'd be okay. You got to make sure you're, you're, you're being care of, and they'll take care of it and do it with the, and they'll do it with positivity. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I wish I had a little bit more of that in me and, in, you know, in my life lessons and, you know, uh, I'm I sure wish I wish I was as good as them. Yeah, I'm so. sure it's in you. I mean, that's that's a great example they've set for you. So I'm sure it's in there. Yeah, they they set the bar high. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so fabulous. I, I, I think I keep doing the limbo. I keep going under the bar, you know. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're wonderful people. And like you said, Tony, <laughs> Tony, and my dad also have a great rapport, and and uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Tony has a nickname for my dad, and vice versa. And they like yeah. to bust each, bust each other's chops and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, great people, great people. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure they are. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. That's the kind of heroes you want—people like that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I was the you know, luckiest man on the planet to to have them. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, well, you are always always remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, sure. so, so what else, guys? We know, we know. You know, unfortunately, last time we talked, COVID was happening. Now, COVID's still happening. So we know there's no uh, live gigs or anything. What else, you guys? You gonna keep working on some, recording some more songs, or what's uh, in yeah, there gonna do? Yeah. Well, we we have um, we already finished three. Um, the total of three songs are already completed, and we have, I think, a couple more in the can where it's. Uh, right now we have the drum machine and and um, like the, the the beds are done, you know. So mm-hmm. um, that means you know. I mean, you know, know what that means for Tony? That means I have to go bust his Beam balls for yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> for the for the next two months while he works on the other next set of songs. And, and, yeah, just, we uh, just I was building my confidence back up. You know, <laughs> and and, my, and right. please don't kill Tony, Mike, because you know eventually, eventually he's going to have to <laughs> sing these songs live. So he's going to have to do oh, this yeah. again. <laughs> oh, that's right. And, be, and knowing Tony, he won't feel the pressure of doing it live. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing. I think he does actually put like a little extra scare into Tony. But, um, <laughs> but knowing Tony like I know Tony, like Tony, you know, like I said, he has a tendency to, to think, about, think about it instead of just doing it. And and I think again, you know, to go back to my earlier point, he doesn't know how. Can I curse on the show or not? Sure, go ahead. It's the internet. <laughs> okay, so the, but Tony doesn't realize actually how fucking good he is, you know. And I think he is he's his own worst enemy. So I think if he did live. I know he's going to have anxieties. He's going to have butterflies. He's going to be freaking out. And but soon if he hits the stage, he'll be the guy that blows everybody away. Period. Right. You know? So, um. As much as I'm busting his chops, I know when people see it live, I think they're going to 
they're going to be pretty blown away. Oh, so there's no doubt. I mean, you uh, heard. but Tony, that's a good point though. Is, is it hard for you? Like when Mike was working with you on this track, you know, does that lead to some insecurity? Do you always wonder, God, can I, am I capable of doing it any better? I mean, does it leave some insecurity in your mind when you're recording the track like that? Um, no, not, not, not insecurity. Um, I mean, one of the, the, the problems with doing the long distance thing is I, like, I sort of like have to self censor, censor my own parts mm-hmm. and then like what I think is good. And then I'll send it to, then I'll send it. And then, you know, sometimes what I think is good, he's like, eh, you know, you could do better. And then, you know, it, 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 it is very frustrating. You know, because it's almost like, hey, you know, look at my look at my baby, and they're like, hey, baby's ugly, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. So, you know, it, but it, it's not. It wasn't like I, I didn't think I could do it. It was almost like I didn't know what he was trying to get, like because I could sing a line fifteen different ways, and it'll be a little bit different each time. Right. So, um, it was just honing that you know, well, make it pull back just a little bit more, you know, it was that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, there was times where I'll send him a party. He wouldn't get back to me. And that, that meant he didn't like it. It would just just piss me off, man. I'm like, well, fuck this guy. It's like, you know, but, uh, but, 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 you know, I I have to remember too, because Mike is the guitar player, but he's also the producer. So, I, sometimes I just gotta think of him in a different light, right? Because if he, as a producer, you're trying to get, he's trying to get a an emotion or a, an energy out of the singer, right? And and, uh, and and I can see where that would be harder too, because you can't get that instant feedback. You can't read the look on his face uh, as you're singing the line. I can see where that would be more difficult. Yeah, and 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 I, you know, I'm I'm like always doubting, you know, my part, and I'm. You know, sometimes I might sing it a little too perfect, and you know, Mike's just like, no, 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 we don't, we need emotion, we don't need perfection, like you know, yeah, we we, yeah. we get the song across, and um, you know, and I don't naturally do that. Like I'm always like, ah, it's a little pitchy or that's a little, but you know, going back on all these great records, um, you know, like from Zeppelin or. Any, you know, any, any, anybody really, um, you know, even Aretha Franklin, things like that. It, it wasn't perfect. It was, it was great vocals. It was emotion, you know. Yes. And uh, like going through this, I'm like, I'm learning that a little bit more. That you know, to get that emotion out, um, and and to expose it. Like it was always there, but I was always like, ah, you know, maybe I should do it a little bit differently. And but right. now it's, uh, you know, so. So yeah, there was times where it was back and forth, but you know, it was also the, you know, the the, the greater good of the, of the project, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. it sure came out great. And then Mike, for you being the songwriter, the guitarist, you know, all that, and a producer, do you find it hard to maintain your objectivity? No, no, not really. No, I, I think the, my my only, I wouldn't say it's a problem. But, you know, I'm. I'm I have a lot of ideas, you know, and so I trying to get them to fit is more of my, um, you know, my, my, say my issue, this, you know, like I, I hear things, you know, and I hear like where it's, where it's gotta go. And so like, I'm hearing things like, Oh, you know, like, like Tony was saying, 
you know, like, oh no, he's got to sing this a little bit softer. Uh, you know, this guitar player's got to be a little bit more like this. You know, the bass player, he should be driving it like this. Or, you know, I, I hear things like that. Like, you know, that's that's what I'm hearing. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't think I lose objectivity. I, I'm I'm trying to get the track to to a certain point. Gotcha. And and, and, and it's like I don't give up until uh, I I feel like I, I get there. And, and fortunately, I, I got to work with this great uh, engineer down here in Muscle Shoals, and he's quirky enough, just like me, and he, and he's a worker. So mm-hmm. there, there are times him and I would do an 18 hour days just to get. You know, a, you know, whatever a feeling across, or I feel like, or it could be something like something just not right here. And when we, and sometimes we would play it four or five hundred times, and I'm like, yeah, what is it? What is it? What is it? And sometimes you know, you can sit there for eighteen hours, and you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, until you get fresh ears. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, there was you no know, about a loss of objectivity. It's just more, um, how do I get this song to be where it should be? Gotcha. Gotcha. I would just think that it could be difficult playing two roles. I'm the musician and I'm the producer. I would think sometimes that could be kind of difficult to stay in each lane the way you need to, you know? I think if anything, I, 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 I felt like I, I, maybe on myself, I, I, I hold back a little bit more guitar wise. I'm not sure if Tony would agree with but, um, I think that would probably be my only thing if I have to say objectively where, if I was just a guitar player and not the producer, I'd probably be doing a lot more. Yeah, let me throw this guitar lick in here. Let me throw that guitar lick in here. Um, but I have to censor myself as, you know, like a producer guy, you know, and, you know, and I, and I pick my spots of where I'm going to do a solo and where it should be. And again, even the emotion of the guitar solo, I mean, from, you know, from the, the start of that song, that first note that comes in from the guitar solo, it's, it's it's taking it. It's, it's taking it for a ride, mm-hmm. and then the song ends that way too. And you know, when the last chorus, and I purposely said, okay, let me throw in like a, you know, like like in the very first lick at the at the end. I, I throw like I call like a, like a shredder type of solo, and then the second half of it is a very much a blues R and B solo. <laughs> All, you know, so yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think if I wasn't producing, I'd probably be doing a. A lot more stupid licks, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Then Tony would have to yell at you, hey, you're not leaving room for the song to breathe, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, I think Tony wants me to do more leads. Yeah, that that, that day. Well, I always want him to do more. Yeah. I mean, you know, but I guess he, he, you know, uh, it's like we always say, what's going to be best for the song? So, you know, um, and that's what we try to that's what we try to do, whether it be vocal. And, and and I'm the opposite. I'm almost like, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't sing on this part. Maybe it should be a guitar part. And he's like, nah, it should be vocals and no guitar. So we always go back and forth on that too, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. Because I remember that was one time I was like, this should be all leads. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> it actually is being all vocals and a choir. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, your 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 collaboration works because the song smokes. I I just can't say enough good things about it. It's so so good, and um, thank you. You know, vocally, and then like I said to you, Mike. You know, I think even your guitar sound is even a little, I don't know, a little crisper or something on this track oh, than totally. the previous tracks. Totally. Um, just yeah, just so and good. that was a um, 
I appreciate that. And that was, again, I call happy accidents. And um, I, I wish I was, I have to say, like in, in one aspect, I wish I was like the, the super brainchild to, you know, how that sound came about. But I think I recognized when that sound occurred. And there's this famous producer, he was talking about some of the bands that he works with. And some of them have these great guitar sounds. And he was, and it was, again, it was just, one of those things was um, like some members. I was. I just want to learn everything that I could before going in, mm-hmm. and how that how I actually got a better guitar sound is my first guitar session. I forgot my guitar amp out of all day. I forgot my guitar head. Oh wow! And yes, and the night before, I read this article from this you know this famous producer, and he's talking about these old amps, and and I'm like, well, how do you how do you get in that you know the like really like almost like well i was just like a heavy distorted sound and he's but they're not they're not running it on a, on a game they're not run, there's no distortion on the amp they're running a game they, they run it like at, 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 at a three um, and typically most of the time when you're using those, right usually what people are doing is they'll take an old amp you know like like hendrix would do it or jimmy page they'll take an old jtm or an old you know fender deluxe and they're pinning it so mm-hmm. you're getting the the speakers to, anyway, distort. You're not. It's not giving it a gain, but you're getting a distortion. And what this producer was saying he goes, no, he's he does everything the opposite. He puts it on three, and um, and and it was really by, again, it was a fate, the fate of the gods, the rock and roll gods, or music gods, or whatever was going on. The assistant engineer who works with that guy that I happened to read the article about. Right. And it ended up being the substitute engineer because the other guy was pandemic. He was freaked out by the pandemic. He says, Hey, you want my, can my assistant help? And he was this young kid. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know? And, <laughs> and then when I forgot the app, he goes, well, I have one of these old apps ready to go. You want to give that a shot? And honestly, if I didn't read that article the night before, I would have told him, no, let's go with, the heavy gain amp. Let's go with. The, I would have done it the same way I've always done it. Mm-hmm. But since I read that, and, and it was just, and, and it's basically an old 1967 Ampeg amp, which has no gain. And then I run it through a uh, what they call like a full tone um, OCD overdrive pedal, and that is it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's you know. And they said by doing that, you're actually creating. Um, it's, it's creating like almost like a 3D effect of your amp. It's it's very clear. It's very crisp compared to what 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 the amps are doing these days. So yeah, that's so what no, I'm hearing. No, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what you're hearing. Yeah, and yeah, because I definitely noticed that, but um, I would not have thought it would be going back to an amp from 1967. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an old, and, and, and like I said, it has no distortion on it. And the funny thing, by again, just by chance, that amp happened to be the very first amp I, it's not my physical amp but the very first amp my parents gave me when I was like 14, 15 was that amp so it wow. just took me really like full circle I'm like okay you know but um, yeah and, and like so that was I think why you hear that and, and even acoustically usually when you're recording acoustic you're recording with um, I'm not sure if we're getting too technical for your audience but usually you're putting the mic in front of an acoustic right to mm-hmm. You want to get you want to get the projection from the amp, I mean from the, the straight up acoustic. Yep. On this thing, what we were doing with the twelve strings, we were doing everything off axis, and we know same thing. When you're 
recording a 12-string or 6-string off-axis or an acoustic instrument off-axis, you're getting this clarity and like breath out of the instrument that you wouldn't get if you were directly micing it up. Hmm. And that and that's sort of like the secret sauce of the, you know the acoustics, and I think that's that's why it sounds really kind that, of cool I mean, and clear. Yeah, that wow, yeah. that that is so cool to know that because yeah, I had no idea how you got the sound. I just knew I liked it, and I knew it was it was really like I said, kind of you know crisp. I guess is the only word I could think of because I'm. But yeah, it would be the equivalent like if you if you're doing your your show. Instead of talking into the mic, you're actually sitting at the side of your table talking into your mic. Yeah, right, right. But I want, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how that sounds for vocals, but it d- definitely worked with the guitars for sure. And, the, and your acoustic, I find it extra interesting because I thought maybe it was just directly uh, going to the board or something too. So that's kind of cool to know that that was a mic'd sound that I'm hearing. That's yeah, no, it was mic'd, and the the main mic was like I said was off axis, and then we had the one that one microphone that was in front, we actually raised it about, it was about nine feet high. So it was, a, it was not in front of the guitar. Mm-hmm. So it was almost on top of the guitar. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that might be something that only a geek like me that cares about how stuff is recorded cares about, but, <laughs> but that is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was a learning experience for me. I didn't think it was going to work. But like, let's see if you hit the first note or two, you're like, yeah, this sounds. I mean, you you know, within a minute or two, like this this is good. Like, yeah, I would have Sounds great. I would have liked to have heard what that sounded like in the room. I I, I, I bet it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, like I said, I was fortunate that um, the guy had an old uh, Martin. The twelve string is an old Martin twelve string that they never used. It was just in one of the one of the corners, and um, you know, and again, like heroes. Um, you know, it's it's one of those songs that was an it was an accident, believe it or not. That that riff, the found the, the opening riff, that how, became the the chorus. How was um, that an Tony accident? I, it was an accident because Tony and I were. Uh, I was recording the ball. There was a ballad that we did. Um, that will be the third song. And I don't know. Sometimes, as you know, like in radio and 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 all aspects of that, sometimes there's a lot of technical difficulties. So I don't know what the engineer was doing. So I, I'm just in a live room by myself, and I had the 12 string, and I started doing that riff. I played for a couple of minutes, and I, and I said to myself, like, yeah, this, this is this is it. Like, this is a cool song. And then honestly, Ralph, I wrote that whole thing in 15 minutes. Wow. And I, I was not going to leave. You know, I mean, I had no intention of doing, you know, that song that day. All, all that was on the agenda for that day was just to finish the uh, the ballad that we were been working on. Mm-hmm. And so if I came out with that riff, it, it, I mean, every riff that worked after that that day, I mean, it, it just it was like seamless. It, it was, it was a magical day. It was a magical day, right? And then meanwhile, hmm. then you know, like the second single we put out, you'll hear that one took three months. <laughs> <laughs> so to come up with that riff, so yeah, it was just one of those magical days, one of those uh, stories that everybody talks about. You know, even like you know the Beatles talking about how they you know, accidentally wrote. You know, could be like Eleanor Rigby was like an accident, or you know, could be like Def Leppard pour some sugar on me was an accident. Right, right? it wasn't supposed to be on the record. You know, he. I think uh, Joe Elliott was just 
different on the song after the after three years of recording. Right, the, mm-hmm. the other eight right. or nine songs took three years to to record. He was just pulling around on it. The producer heard it, said, "Yeah, we should put this on the record." And the producer had to convince the record company to put in a little bit more. And then they record that song in, in total of two weeks, became the biggest single. But all the other songs took three years. And this was like one of those types of songs. Hmm. Yep. Well, that's why you got to stay open-minded too. You know, sometimes you write off a song and you don't realize what you've got. You know, you can't write anything off. You got to always consider everything could be something. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just, it felt right. And now ever since that, that time, now I write everything on that, from that, on that 12 string. If I know, okay, like, I feel like there's magic in that 12 string guitar. Like any lick that's going to work off that will sound even better on an electric. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so this next uh, song, the ballad, which I can't even imagine how good that's going to be with your uh, voice there, Tony. But um, when, uh, when are we expecting that guys? Well, I think the next song is, the third song will be the ballad. The next song will be, well, we can tell you it's called the river song, but it's, uh, we're looking probably about 30 days out, Tony, 45 days out on that. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And, um, that, that one is very similar in heroes that yeah, there's a, there's a lot of twists and turns musically and, you know, and, and Tony's terrible on it, of course, you know, oh, so, yeah. of course, um, you know, <laughs> But no, but it's 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 the same level as heroes. It's not as uh, uh, and and themic, you know, to it. But it, it does take the uh, listener on, you know, definitely on the musical journey uh, for sure. And same thing, like the guitarist will definitely stick with you, and what Tony does sticks with you. And and we we and we brought in the same formula. So we brought in again Stevie Wonder's choir and. The, the guy Clayton from Muscle Shoals and and the drummers from Missing Persons, and um, it's it's the same lineup, it's the same formula. That's who and, played um, on those first yeah. two tracks too, wasn't it? And you have Muscle Shoals uh, folks on those first two as well. Uh, well, on Heroes we did. No, I mean even before oh, no, that. No, no. no. I can't find my way. No, those were all Nashville guys. Oh, Nashville. That's right. Because I knew we talked about that right. last time. Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I knew I knew there was something like that. Well, yeah. Well, that this is awesome. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. Um, we're really uh, proud of you know proud of the stuff, and we're glad that people are reacting. You know that they're liking it too, which is amazing. You know. Yeah. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, I guess uh, we'll just wrap things up here and uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to the next track but for right now um, at the end of this interview we're going to play Heroes again and if people want to get Heroes is it available for download in all the normal places oh yeah uh, yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. Well, you can tell them the, the links and all that too Tom so. yeah it's um uh, on Facebook or uh, you know in theory original for Facebook and then um, our website is www.intheoryband.com and, and uh, on our website uh, you can get all the download links we actually have some merch up we got some hats some shirts um, we got some pictures a story about us and stuff like that cool 
Cool. All right, everybody, visit InTheoryBand.com for sure. Check that out. And um, keep listening to In Theory because this band is going places, I tell you. Um, great stuff, guys. Great stuff. And thanks for coming Thank by Radio Bypass again. I really appreciate you guys coming back. No, I mean, thanks, I mean, thanks, for, um, thanks for having us. And I mean, I appreciate um all the kind words and, you know, again, and being an early adopter and really just, you know, liking our sound and, you know, and, and, and playing us and supporting us. It's, 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 a, yeah. it's a big deal for us. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thank you, a big, a big thanks to you. Well, it's definitely my pleasure. Yeah. I'm so glad we met because uh, you guys are good guys and, and great music. And again, folks, right now you're going to hear Heroes and... I want to know if you think anybody can sing better than this, because I think it's impossible. Um, Tony, Tony knocked it out of the park here. So, again, we've been talking to Tony and Mike from In Theory. This is their latest single, Heroes. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ralph.